Hello and welcome to Resilient Faith, a podcast ministry of Brentwood Presbyterian Church in Los Angeles, California. I'm Janice McQueen Ward, the worship elder at BPC, and I want to welcome and thank you for being here with us. Our current podcast series shares the sermons and inspired conversations from a sermon series earlier in 2022 and based on the book, The Gifts of Imperfection by Brene Brown. In the series, we dive into letting go of perfection in exchange for being imperfect, vulnerable, and yes, worthy of God's love and belonging just as we are. As Christians, we found a lot of resounding themes within the wisdom of this book and connected it to our life of faith. Over the next five weeks, gain insight as to how you can better value yourself as a beloved child of God, let go of what you think you're supposed to be, and embrace who you really are in God's eyes. Come on this journey with us. It is good to be back with you today. I want to begin by having you listen very carefully to what Barbara Brown, not to be confused with Brene Brown, Taylor, says about the summer that a friend of hers lost his imagination. He was 11 years old, a distracted fifth grader, who yearned for the last day of school so that he could return full-time to the fields of play. Memories of the previous summer spurred him on, long days spent on his belly in the backyard, racing miniature cars and trucks with his friends. When the last bell of the school year rang, he ran home to get everything ready, and the next morning he hauled it all outside. With the early sun heating up behind his back, he sat down in his special place, surrounded by his special toys, and waited for that delicious feeling to creep over him. But nothing happened. He picked up his favorite truck and ran its wheels over the ground. He roared, as he had done so many times before. But it was not the sound of an engine this time. It was the sound of a boy's voice pretending to be an engine. And he was suddenly self-conscious. One by one, he tried all of his old tricks, but none of them worked. The bridge to his old world was gone. He no longer had access to it, and the loss opened up a hollow place inside of him. He looked at his toys and saw what he had never seen before. They were just small and cheap, a child's toys. It had all been nothing more than a silly game. Standing up, he dusted himself off and left the fossils of his childhood lying in the yard. Barbara Brown Taylor argues that every one of us has an experience like this. That moment when the magic fails and nothing is ever the same again. Which I am still trying to reconcile with what Brene Brown says about creativity in this book that we're reading this summer, The Gifts of Imperfection. 
Brene argues that as much as many of us like to assert, oh, I'm not the creative type, there is no such thing as creative and non-creative people. Brene says there's only those who use their creativity and those who don't. And that unused creativity never just disappears. It continues to live on deep inside of us until, one, it's expressed. Two, it's neglected to death. Or three, it's suffocated by our fear and resentment. Is it possible for both of the Browns to be right at the same time? When we turn to the Bible, it seems to be making a strong case for what Brene has to say. I mean, I want you to think for a second, this entire book, the way that it starts, the foundation that it lays, its whole preamble, sort of the we the people of our sacred scriptures, begins with just five words. Do you remember them? Can you say them with me? In the beginning, God created. Go ahead and bring up that first passage. In the beginning, God created. And the rest of the whole chapter is about how God creates out of nothing, out of the the spirit hovering over the waters, the land and the sea and the sun and the moon and the stars, how he separates out the day from the night and creates the birds and the creatures and the trees and vegetables and mountains. Psalm 19 puts it this way. The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. Day after day, they pour forth speech. Night after night, they reveal knowledge. They have no speech. They use no words. No sound is heard from them. Yet their voice goes out into all the earth. Their words to the ends of the world. I mean, just think about it for a minute. Think about the creativity, the imagination that it must have taken to create the platypus or the aardvark. I mean, think about it. The the firefly and the, the octopus. How many of you have seen my octopus teacher? Anyone here? The rest of you have some serious homework you need to be doing. I mean, just think about it. How how could have anyone thought of the giraffe with its long neck and its long tongue and ability to eat all of the berries and leaves off the top of the acacia tree? Is it possible for both things to be true at the same time? And then we get to the 27th verse in that first chapter of Genesis. And it's put like this. So God created mankind, humankind, in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Well, hello, Brene Brown. Right there, in the beginning of the Bible, we see that you and I, we were made in God's image in the Imago Dei. And the theologians have been arguing ever since about exactly what that does and doesn't mean. 
But if the essence of what Genesis is telling us in its preamble is that before anything else, God's nature was all about creating and creativity, then Brene is right. You and I have been made to be creative beings. Now, the theologians, once again, they make a big deal out of these things being created out of nothing, ex nihilo, as they put it in their fancy Latin. But I kind of like what the writer William Palmer has to say about creativity. When I was doing youth ministry, we used to talk about the essence of creativity being the ability to, ability to copy. But what Palmer says is that creativity is the power to connect the seemingly unconnected. I love that. The power to connect the seemingly unconnected, to watch and to observe and to bring things together in, in unique combinations. It's like God said, wait a second, I have an idea. What if I were to take the body of a horse the neck and the tongue of a snake and the appetite and the cravings of a bird and put them all together. Voila, the giraffe. Which also means that the stereotypical artistic types who were meant to practice creativity are not the only ones who are born to be creative. Anytime you connect the seemingly unconnected, you are living into your image of Godness, your imago Dei, your, your purpose in this world. Sure, for some, that might be actual art and dance and music. But for others of you, it might be about writing or journaling or cooking or photography or gardening or decorating or hosting parties. Even those who don't typically think of themselves as the creative types may be practicing their creativity in the way that they build their careers or manage their businesses, the way they come up with new ideas or solutions at work or network to bring people together who haven't been connected before. Maybe your creativity comes in the way you plan vacations or carve out time to spend with your family or friends because there are millions of ways for each one of us to be creative, to connect the seemingly unconnected. Well, if the Bible and Brene are right, and the world is not divided into creative and non-creative types, but they were all created in the image of God with this longing and ability to be creative, and just some of us practice it more than others, then I think we might all be in agreement that there are a few people in this world who any of us know who have practiced and honed their gift of creativity more than our dear Catherine Levin. Where are you, Catherine? Oh, there. <laughs> Did you see me looking around? Yeah, you never sit there, so I'm like, is she over there? Is she over here? Did she go back to her office? <laughs> Catherine's ability to connect the seemingly unconnected 
has been her calling card for the last 23 years. Here on this chancel, out there in our hearts, in our minds, Catherine has been opening doors all over the place to spark our imagination and to unleash our own creativity. I think of all the ways that she's brought together Broadway show tunes with Gregorian chants, bluegrass with the Beatles, Australian Hillsong contemporary with Swahili and Hebrew and Spanish and Aramaic, James Taylor with Tizay, Latin Mass with Black Gospel music. Catherine's whole life has been about connecting seemingly unconnected people, young and old, rich and poor, Unitarians and Evangelicals, wayward Jews and recovering Catholics, professional vocalists with Millie Vanilli-like lip-synkers, country banjo players with drooping-pantsed rappers, connecting the Middle Eastern Jesus with the white Jesus and the Asian Jesus. Where are you, Andrew? Legal eagle oboe players with Austrian pop stars and gay opera singers with straight-laced old fuddy-duddies. <laughs> Tapping into and unleashing the creativity in all of us. Week after week, I have sat here literally with a front row seat and been astounded at all of the ways she has connected the seemingly unconnectable in a million joyful and touching and life-changing ways. So back to Barbara Brown Taylor. She says that that's the reason we come here week after week, that the church's central task is primarily about imagination, not in the fanciful or the fictional sense of it, but one where our human capacity to imagine, to form mental pictures of ourself and our neighbor and our world as interconnected, where our ability to see new ideas and new futures, new realities and new possibilities is both engaged and transformed. What I've seen Catherine doing every single day in the 14 days since I arrived has been all about flinging the doors wide open, extending buckets of grace to everyone who walks into this place so that we might be able to imagine what our world and what our lives might be able to look like if we could just get out of the way of ourselves, lower our defenses and remove these walls around our heart and to dream God's dreams for us. One thing that Brene and Barbara are both in agreement on is that this world we live in has a way of strangling the creativity and imagination right out of us. 
our drive to fit in, to be productive, to move fast and get so much done, it robs us of our God-given longing and ability to be creative. I want to read to you the way that Barbara Brown Taylor describes the difference in the imagination between a typical child and a typical adult. She says, our ability to control the world around us has increased our respect for its, oh, I'm sorry, as our ability to control the world around us has increased, our respect for its mystery has decreased. Our chief interest in anything, a tree, another person, God, is its usefulness to us and not its existence in and of itself. We have forgotten how to submit ourselves to life on earth. We've become the worst kind of consumers, devouring the creation whole and spitting out the seeds. Everyone is born with imagination. Small children are virtuosos, perhaps because their fresh minds are not yet hedged by the constraints of reality. Part of their secret is their natural ability to employ all of their senses. Small children have not yet learned to view the world around them as scenery, a flat backdrop to walk past on their way to somewhere else. They're still immersed in it, up to their eyes in color, up to their ears in sounds, with fingertips that ache to stroke a sparrow, and noses that can find a creek in the dark by its smell. They live in a world where sharp distinctions need not be made, where green is a texture as well as a hue, where rain has a taste as important as its temperature, where the sound of sunlight can be deafening at noon. Having given themselves to the experience of such a world, children do not seem to have learned the sad trick of removing themselves from it again. Their imagination thrives on the sensual details that their elders have learned to take for granted. We have been spending a lot of time over these last eight weeks trying to figure out the perfect going away gifts for Catherine that we are the one that we love so much and are going to miss so terribly and are so grateful to for so many things. And we still have a few surprises left. <laughs> but I think the very best gift that we could give Catherine as she heads to Louisiana is our promise to you to keep our imaginations and our creativity alive. To not allow this world and all of the stifling craziness that's going on right now to snuff out our ability to open new doors and to make new connections, to create and practice our imagination, to embrace one another, to extend bucket loads of grace to one another, to bring seemingly unconnectable people together, to bring seemingly unconnectable ideas together, 
and to dream God's God-sized dreams, not just for our lives, but for our world. Because that may not be only the greatest gift that we can give to you, but right now, the greatest gift we can give to each other and the greatest gift that this beautiful, unique, sometimes odd little church can give to the world. Amen. We are so grateful you have joined us and hope this episode helped fuel your mind, body, and soul. This podcast is produced by me, Janice McQueen Ward, and by Cameron Ward, who also created the music. Don't forget to leave a review and subscribe to our podcast and support us financially through the Give page of the BPC website. Until next week, go in peace and serve the Lord. Thanks be to God.